The New York Times, Rolling Stone, and critics everywhere are all raving about Annihilation. It's not destroying. It's making something new. It's a mind-blowing experience. And now it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Annihilation. Rated R. Now playing. Welcome into the first episode of the Greg Ratliff Podcast. Uh, joining me on the show today, Clayton France from Memphis City FC supporter group Rogue Squadron and my buddy Matt Presson. We're all going to talk soccer today. Lots of big soccer news. Memphis possibly joining the USL and some Premier League talk as well. Uh, but first, let's get into my top three stories of the week. So the number one story today, Zach Randolph, a former Memphis Grizzly, arrested in Los Angeles. Possession of marijuana with intent to deliver a felony charge, which if it uh, it is proven to be true, it could mean the end of his career in the NBA, as, as strange as this all may sound. Uh, the story was uh, put out there by TMZ Sports yesterday and has since been reported all over the place, ESPN and AP. Anybody and everybody has been talking about this. Uh, Zach was uh, involved in a a large group of individuals that uh, were... uh, The attention was drawn to them. They are being loud and uh, apparently smoking marijuana in the street. And then the police showed up. Things got crazy with the police. Cars damaged, whatnot. Zach already posted bail. He's back out. Um, But this is a very, very interesting story and could have a implications on his career and his potential jersey retirement in memphis Uh, it's just a very very interesting story my second story of the day memphis in the usl Um, we're going to talk more about this with all of the uh the guests on the show with clayton and with matt but it's 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 a very interesting story because uh Memphis has a semi-pro soccer team now, Memphis City FC, and uh, USL is the second tier of the uh, U.S. soccer uh, quote-unquote pyramid. Uh, no promotion and relegation, it's just a, a pyramid in design only, no actual like movement up or down the pyramid. Other than teams, I guess in a way, getting promoted, such as yeah, the Birmingham Hammers, who played in the same league as uh, the Memphis City team does, uh, their team is basically getting brought into the USL uh, starting in 2019 that is also when uh, Memphis well whatever that would be called we don't really know at this point if it's a, if it's 100% even going to happen but a lot of sources out there socktakes.com that's s-o-c-t-a-k-e-s.com they were the initial uh, report on this uh, and they've also talked about Memphis possibly getting promoted in or getting an expansion team uh, in the USL before, so it has a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of talk over whether you know, Memphis can support a team like this. And I'm going to get more in-depth into that with my with my guests coming up, but it, it's, uh, it's, we could have pro soccer in Memphis. I'm excited about it. Um, but my third story, it threw everything off that I was going to do on the show today. Uh, kind of threw it through me for a loop a little bit. The Memphis Grizzlies have finally released their new Nike jerseys. Still no sponsors as of yet. I uh, imagine that's got to be coming along very soon. The jerseys look great. I mean, but because it's the same jersey it was. So th- there's some little changes. The, the trim is a little bit different. But the colors are all the same. Same logo on it as before. Same number style. Uh, just cleaned up in that Nike image with a little bit tighter shoulders and neckline. They moved the bear from the neck of the jersey to the waistband of the shorts, and it's just a Nike, a Nike-oriented jersey that looks just like the other ones. So uh, good on the Grizzlies for not changing things up too much, keep things kind of the same. Who knows? Maybe down the line we'll see some new stuff from them. But uh, yeah, new jerseys for the Grizzlies. Hopefully. Uh, get able to pick some of those up pretty soon they still have two more jerseys to announce this is just their first two the association and the icon jersey uh, there's still two other jerseys that uh they will have as part of their repertoire of, of uniforms for next season uh they have not actually said when that's going to uh, be announced but i imagine it's anytime soon especially uh maybe once they get the, uh, the sponsor straightened out that'll be the next thing to come from that and that wraps up my three stories for this week Zach Randolph, 
Memphis in the USL, and gri- new Grizzlies jerseys. New slash old Grizzlies jerseys, I guess. Um, so at this point, I'd like to welcome in uh, the first guest on today's show. He's one of the heads of Rogue Squadron, uh, the Memphis City FC supporters group, Clayton France. Thanks, thanks for having me, Greg. So the big story right now is this Memphis USL stuff, and you've got kind of an interesting perspective on it because you're, in a way, kind of right in the middle of it as part of the uh, the leadership of Rogue Squadron, which I guess first kind of for people that may not know, uh, explain what a Rogue Squadron is. So Rogue Squadron is the supporters group for the NPSL team that we have in Memphis, Memphis City FC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about it's about roughly 20 to 25 of us a week that go and, and we support Memphis City and, and watch the games and we have drums and smoke grenades and chants. It's it's your it's in every sense of the word. It's a it's a true to life supporters group. And um, and we we started it with the movement of just growing the game in the city and, and having fun and. And basically, it was it was a way for, you know, guys that were 25 to 50 years old to to go and, and drink beer and act like idiots and watch soccer and and not be made fun of for doing it. And and that's kind of what it's turned out to be. And, and <laughs> you know, we have we have a guy that wears a motorcycle helmet so he can look like a you know a jet fighter because we 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 play into the Star Wars you know Rogue Squadron mm-hmm. mantra as much as we can and. And people really seem to you know respond to that, so it's a lot of fun to do. And I said, did I see somebody dressed as a dinosaur at one of the games too, from some of yeah, the pictures? Yeah, so that is that is actually that is actually uh, my fiance's cousin. Um, <laughs> he is he uh, <laughs> he came to the last game of the season, and he was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna wear this giant inflatable thing, and it and it played out to be really hilarious and and stuff like this. So the, the one the great. one picture I saw on social media of like all the smoke bombs going <laughs> off and. Dinosaur yeah. sticking out through the smoke that is just like the coolest picture i love that yeah, so much. yeah we got a, we got a lot of great feedback about that so it was great <laughs> so all that leads into kind of what's going on with with uh, the usl now uh, memphis city fc as of right now there's not just they haven't really said anything publicly um what is what have you guys been hearing about possible promotion or like what, what's going on basically so the the true the, the honest the honest answer here and and you know like i said everything is a lot of this is purely speculative at this point you know nothing mm-hmm. is official you know all we all we know is you know what people what people tell us and, and it's purely <laughs> rumors and stuff really is you know, and how strong those rumors are, we're not sure. Um, you know, but there's there's a very good sense of urgency about everything right now, and and honestly, the feedback from the club has been pretty positive um, that we've gotten so far, which leads me to think that the club may kind of do something similar to what Birmingham did and might act as like a PDL club for the development team. Um, you know, may act as a U23 going forward. We. You know, the the initial reports were it was going to be a separate entity, nothing, nothing between the two clubs. And and that kind of led a lot of us to think that this would sort of, you know, maybe lead to either a competing system or one club, you know, falling off to the wayside. And and um, but, you know, like I said, it's recently the mantra has kind of changed and it's and it's people are excited. People around Memphis City are excited about about professional soccer being in memphis and which that's not necessarily to say that memphis city fc is not professional but it, it's 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 not technically professional by, by yeah, the name yeah in the true in the true sense of the word professional no it's not professional you know, our players don't get our players don't get paid you know these are a lot of college kids that these are a lot of college kids that play you know at the you know maybe at the division two division three niia level um mm-hmm. of course you have a few division one kids that want to play but most of these are most of these guys are from smaller colleges, or they're or they're internationals that are over for college and they just want to you know stay in the U.S. for the summer. You know, it's just something. It's basically a way for guys at the younger level, at the lower levels, to just to play and have fun. And a lot of these so. guys too, I, from what I remember, they're staying with like host families, like an, like an exchange student almost. They're like just living with it, with people. It here is. In town. It's, it's very similar to that. And and. And and that kind of varies club by club. Like Memphis, um, the club buys a, the club rents out a house 
um, around Christian Brothers for him to stay in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, so there's like last season we rented out two or three apartments. I think the club did, and and they put them up in the apartments, and or the guys that are local, you know, maybe take a player in with their family or something. Um, it just it varies. I mean, I know you know bigger and more established teams like Chattanooga they they have partners that put players up in apartments and stuff and and Detroit City is kind of the same way like their their players are in these nice or bigger houses and stuff like that Memphis is so grassroots with everything that mm-hmm. you know our guys are they're living off of you know they're living over by Christian Rose University and you know and they're living in a <laughs> kind of a house that you know we have to go and fix the air conditioning units or or we've got to go fix, you know, shower heads or something. So it's, it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting level of everything that this, you know, that this plays out at. But, but yeah, it is. It's and and really though, it kind of helps build the camaraderie with the guys. You see it, you know, we saw it the first year, and we saw it again this past season. You know, the guys that live together. I mean, they become almost brothers, and and it's, you know, it's almost like a small fraternity in of itself. So, so for in your perspective, then if if uh, if this USL team comes here, even if it kind of wipes some of that away, is is it is it a victory to get USL here? I mean, what for people that may not quite understand what that would mean to a city like Memphis, what would that mean? I think it is a victory. I think you know, as much as we love Memphis City, and as much as I love Memphis City, I think I think USL is good for the city. I think the opportunity to have professional soccer here is good for the city. Um, you know, one of the one of the biggest struggles that we had, um, you know, trying to raise money this year for the club, you know, trying to in, in our in our efforts to help the club raise money, you know, a lot of the responses were, well, is this team professional? You know, mm-hmm. well, no, technically not. We're semi-pro. You know, what is what is this? You know, basically everybody's question was, you know, is this professional? What is what is my return on this? And <laughs> You know, with a professional club, you get a return. You get branding and you get, you know, you get the the front office that comes with that and everything and the ownership group that comes with, you know, a professional organization. And and I think that I think that is the biggest win of this move is is getting getting the experience of of, you know, the Redbirds and and having a front office that does this, you know, day in and day out is, is do a, do a professional sports organization and, and guys like, you know, Craig under and, and Stephen Fraun who, who are very much directly tied into, you know, professional franchises. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think that is, I think that is the bigger win than Memphis getting a professional team is Memphis getting a professionally run organization. I'm really glad you mentioned the organization, which, by, by the way, for those listening, I'm talking to Clayton France from the uh, Mem- Memphis City FC supporter group Rogue Squadron. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I did today, and I, I think I mentioned this to you in the, some of our correspondence today, that I, I reached out to the folks at the Redbirds and waited all day, all day. I kept waiting. I'm like refreshing my email over and over again. I, I, I basically just asked them, Hey, can you guys comment on what's going on? Because I knew there were some articles. Uh, Jeff Calkins wrote something in the Commercial Appeal today about it, where he had some uh, a quote, but not a quote from Craig Unger about everything. And um, I reached out and waited, waited, waited. The, uh, the I got one sentence back with with you know the professional like hello Greg and you know with the uh, signature at the bottom. One sentence. All it says is I'm not aware of anything. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a, a professional sports talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> that at least sounds like the professional answer. I laughed. I'm not kidding. For ten minutes after I got yeah. that message, and, I'm like, "That is and, just and, perfect." And I'll say this, and and as tied in as we have been, in, and I personally have been into a lot of these rumors um, between the guys over at World Soccer Talk and and um, Napoon Chapura, who is a who is one of their lead columnists over there for them, and and he is very integrated within you know, the USL and USL expansion um, is very active in like a USL Reddit community and stuff. Mm-hmm. He, um, he was actually one of the first ones to break this story last year um, going into last season. Uh, he was one of the first ones to say, yeah, Memphis is getting USL and, and it's, and we're hearing it's the Redbirds organization. And, and so when the Redbirds rebranded last year and had that big media announcement mm-hmm. and everything about the rebranding that they did, 
I mean, we at Rogue Squadron, I mean, like we were getting, we were getting constant Twitter notifications or constant social media interaction with like people that are active with us. And they're like, this is it. This is the, this is the announcement. This is what's happening, you know? And, and, you know, lo and behold, that's not what it was, but that was kind of something that tipped the hat of if there's going to be somebody that's going to start a professional team, all of the arrows point to that group. Do, do you think of the, the NYCFC connection with the Yankees organization might have something to do with that too? <laughs> I think that, I think that that, I mean, that's what's, that's kind of the driving factor in a lot of the people that are, you know, these rumors and stuff. And a lot of the meat of these rumors is, you know, this is an ownership group that has its hand in an MLS club and has its hand in, you know, several minor league baseball organizations and, and the Yankees and stuff. So it's, it's a group that is so deeply seated in, you know, improving their sports community and the sports culture, you know, every team that they have touched, I mean, turns to gold right now you know i mean you look at the you look at the redbirds this is a team that before Stephen Braun came in and they and they bought into the group you know and the team you know the redbirds weren't selling out games they weren't they weren't competing in the playoffs and stuff and now i mean i looked at something today because it came across my feed and twitter and stuff and i mean they're they're setting a like minor league record by like they're like the the second team behind them is like 20 games back already in the halfway through the season. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's Nashville. You know? It's Nashville too, which makes it even better. Oh, which is, yeah, that's just, <laughs> that's just the icing on the cake right there. So, and that, and that's the other thing was, you know, if we move to this USL level, like we'll get to compete against Nashville again, and we'll get to compete against teams like Birmingham and, and St. Louis, these bigger cities, you know, bigger cities that are rooted in the game you know, we get to play with the big boys at this level. And one thing that some other people here in town may not know, just because of there, there's not a huge familiarity with some of how the U.S. Soccer Federation works. That being in USL, that means U.S. Open Cup too. It does. It so you US could Open Cup. you could potentially have NYCFC or the LA Galaxy coming to AutoZone Park to play. There is, I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and right now I'm not to, not to keep beating on to what has been a, a tremendous story this season in the USL, like FC Cincinnati, My you know, this God. is a team that, this is a team that's drawing 20,000 people a game in a, in a, in a small soccer specific stadium to watch their team play like New York Red Bulls and, and, you know, and, uh, uh, Columbus crew, I mean, they're playing MLS teams and winning. They, you they, know? And they so, broke my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a born and raised Chicago Fire fan, and that oh. that game broke my heart. Uh, it's just that, that team is just so. It's it's an atmosphere like I've never seen. And I reached out to a few of the people that I'm friends with that are part of a Section Eight, their supporters group. Yeah, and they they could not. They were just blown away by the atmosphere in that place. That, and that's, no, and that's nothing the like they'd ever seen. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. And that's what, you know, Rogue Squadron has tried to do at the NPSL level is create that type of atmosphere. And that's something that with the USL club, you know, that's something that the USL clubs SG will try to make the same efforts. You know, it's they want to create an atmosphere that you want to provide something for people to go to the game to do. You want to you want to make the atmosphere fun and, and give something back to the community to enjoy. So. As we kind of wrap things up, I want I want to ask you uh, another soccer question. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, we're both members of Memphis Spurs. You're a dues-paying member. I am not because I'm broke. And <laughs> um, I wasn't a dues-paying member until about two weeks ago. So you know we're the same. We're, we're okay. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. any yeah, of the other guys yeah. in, the, in the group that listen to this that are that yeah. I've talked to before about this. I'm working on it. I'm I'm gonna yeah. get to get it taken care of. Anyway, for all intents and purposes, I'm just in it for the scarf for the add in my collection. You know, let's just <laughs> let's just have a disclaimer out I, there. I work that. most Saturday and Sunday mornings, so I yeah. Every time it's like the games during the week, I can maybe get to those. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's anyway, it's tougher to do. Definitely tougher to do when you work during the prime viewing ship of the sport. Exactly. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you we're taping this on Thursday night. Uh, Premier League starts tomorrow, uh, but Tottenham plays Sunday morning. Is Tottenham, I don't even want to say, are they going to win the title? Are they going to finish in the top four again this year? Yeah, I think so. I think that. I think that the Premier League is, you know, I, I went to the game in Nashville. I got to see, I got to see the boys play and, and play in front of City, and 
and I'll tell you, I think City is City looks amazing. It was it was so tough to see Kyle Walker in a you know in a baby blue jersey <laughs> instead, um, you know. But here's why you know my prediction for the table is Spurs will probably finish third or fourth at the table. They'll um, I think that I think that City is I think that Conte has or not Conte but uh, Pep has that team ready to go. Yeah, and I think that I think that you know Gabriel Jesus being in a full season now and. And them keeping everybody healthy and stuff. I think that team is just that team is poised to make a to make an absolute run of things this season. And um, and I think that Chelsea will. I think that Chelsea will fall back a bit. Their midfield is you know a little more depleted than it was going into last year, and mm-hmm. and everybody's still waiting to see what you know the cost of issue is going to be there. There whether or not he's going to stay or leave. Um, but I do think that they'll be you know they'll be out. I think they'll probably finish second or third. And, and United, if if they can get the Galacticos to ever kind of figure it all out between Pogba and Lukaku and everybody like that, I mean, they're poised to challenge. And and but I don't see it working. I just I think Lukaku is too inconsistent, and Pogba hasn't proven that he's ready for the Premier League. So I think that I think that Spurs finished third or fourth, um, and then those those four teams will be somehow interchangeably the top four. If you go to some of the betting sites over in England right now, they have Manchester United as the overwhelming favorite to win the Premier League this year. That does not surprise me ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but, you know, basically I feel like the betting sites in England, whoever spends the most money comes out with the best odds. Yep. And that's usually, that's usually how it works. And, and Spurs, who have yet to buy anybody at this point in the transfer window, which is agonizing, um, you know, it's – that's I'm surprised that we're even like I saw a prediction today that we're projected to finish third and then I'm surprised they even put us there to be honest I, I've seen everything as high as I saw one guy somewhere of some newspaper in England uh, the guy picked Spurs to win the title I've seen some people say they're gonna finish as low as like ninth or tenth I've, I've seen it kind of all over but nobody's really I've never I haven't seen anybody out of the top 10. So that's good. Yeah, at least. it'll really be it'll really be a, a testament to see how well the boys play. You know, how to adapt to playing at Wembley, and and does the article that Danny Rose and the interview that he just had with the Sun does that cause some strife mm-hmm. amongst the team? And and hopefully that that answer is no. You know, hopefully that's hopefully everybody's just going to tell him to keep his mouth shut. You know, and and keep playing and. And we'll see what happens, and we can buy our right back and you know maybe some squad depth. But we'll just have to see what happens. So for anybody that wants to get in touch with you or find out more about Rogue Squadron or anything, any of the other stuff we've talked about, where, where can they where can they go for that? So the best way to keep up with us is obviously on social media. Um, you can follow us at Twitter at Rogue Squadron MC or our Instagram, and I think that's also Rogue Squadron MC. I don't use instagram i don't run instagram so i don't keep in touch with that one as much but but uh but our other co-president does that one and he does a really good job of it and you know we're really active on instagram so you know go follow us at one of those two places um we also have a facebook page at memphis rogue squadron and you know you can follow us on any one of those social medias and those will you know keep you all in the loop and we're actually going to start doing uh, more frequently what we're going to call premier league breakfast and and have people go out to Celtic or Brastor or, you know, some of the other bars in the city and watch soccer games and have nice. fun early in the morning with each other on the weekends. Here, I've, I've got I've got the pages for you. Instagram, it's MCFC Rogue. Okay. And then uh, where's the other? Facebook, it's MCFC Rogue Squadron 16. Those That's the okay. official address for it. But if you just go on there and search Rogue Squadron, you'll probably MC, – yeah. M- MCFC Rogue Squadron, you'll find it. On look for anything. a uh, look for an orange and maroon you know, Star Wars logo, and that's that's us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we definitely feed to the Star Wars. So. Awesome. Well, th- thank you for doing that, coming on the show with me this week, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see. We'll all be seeing you out at uh, out at Celtic soon for some uh, yeah, for some Spurs. Sounds great. Thanks, Greg. So now we're going to get into the part where we're going to talk a little bit more local stuff, even more local stuff than we just did with Clayton France. And oddly enough, um, y- when you listen to this show, you're not going to notice it yourself. But I recorded an entire intro to the show. And had to delete it because as I was recording it, I get a notification on my phone. The Memphis Grizzlies have released their their Nike Association and Icon jerseys. Uh, and I wanted to talk to Matt about a bunch of soccer stuff. But joining me right now is probably the future partner in crime slash 
producer slash whatever of this podcast and a whole bunch of other stuff that's in the pipeline that I can't really get into at the moment. Uh, Matt Presson, Matt, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, doing well, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'll be even better when the check clears for all those titles you just gave. <laughs> uh, you will be waiting for a while for that check to clear. <laughs> um, so, I Matt is a season ticket holder for the Memphis Grizzlies. How long have you guys been? You guys have been there since the beginning, right? Pretty close uh, to very it. Very nearly, very nearly. It was Power Packs the first couple of seasons and season ticket holders since then. I think that makes it either 12 or 13 years at this point so you've seen a lot of uh, a lot of uniforms over the years uh you you're looking at them right now what do you what do you think of them um well they look a whole lot like the old ones so <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of okay with that the the big takeaway i got from that was all the sales in the shop at the end of last season yes and I'm, I'm telling you right now, people are going to be really mad that they didn't buy a Chandler Parsons jersey when it was twenty five dollars. <laughs> still have the chance. Still have the chance. <laughs> yeah, because anybody that didn't go to a game towards the end of last season, which Matt, Matt was at a few of them, and uh, they had they clearanced everything out of the team store because it all had Adidas stuff on it, uh, and because they're bringing in all the brand new Nike swag, and uh, so they start discounting the jerseys. I, I made the mistake of buying one when they were still only half off. Uh, and then they kept discounting them more and more and more, all the way to the point that the, during the playoffs, uh, the jerseys were twenty five dollars uh, for anything that they still had left, uh, whether it was the hundred and fifteen dollar jerseys or the sixty dollar ones. And man, you could find a Conley one here or there, but for the most part, all the t shirts, all the jerseys were all Chandler Parsons. So, <laughs> um, it I goes to show how popular he is. <laughs> yeah. And, and the I'm best sure part, stock up. my favorite story of all of it, and I, I still laugh about it, is I'm the one of the nights they they did all the the t-shirts, the jerseys, if you will. Um, Absolutely, ten dollars, which those are thirty dollars shirts for ten dollars. So I'm digging through the table trying to get a few of them, <laughs> and uh, people are picking up shirts, and one woman looks at looks at it and go, look turns to somebody by her and goes, "Who's number twenty five? And they're like, "Oh, Chandler Parsons." She goes. Who the hell is Chandler Parsons? <laughs> uh, valid question, though. Valid question. You you kind of had to be a season ticket holder to catch him. <laughs> so, all that aside, New Jersey's they don't look anything really that much different. They just moved a couple logos around. Otherwise, they're same old, same old. But as if you, as some people may have heard on other podcasts and all over the place, there's they might change them next year. Something they don't know yet. But anyway, enough talk about the jerseys. Um, what I really wanted to talk to you about is this Zach Randolph thing. Um, <laughs> you've seen a lot of Zebo over the years. I've seen a lot of him the last couple of years. This is just it, this is ridiculous, is it not? Um, well, it's it's definitely sad. Got a uh, got a soft spot in my heart for him. I know uh, most of the community does. Um. It's just tough. You're not you're not in Memphis anymore. Uh, you're, gonna, you're in a media capital of the world there in LA. You have to be really careful. I think as um, as a season ticket holder, if they still go through, like now, say that because you know they're doing a hearing at the end of the month and they don't really know what could come of this. Of course, he's denying everything as he should because it's felony charges. This is pretty serious. Like if they if it comes to the point where you know they. Kings come to town. They're retiring the fifty, putting it up in the rafters. Are they? Do you think they'll still do it? Would you care if they still did it? Like, if if the uh, if if they haven't actually former uh, formally prosecuted him and convicted him of anything or any wrongdoing, if it's still just kind of like an in process thing, would you be mad if they went ahead and just did it? Um, I would. I would be more upset if they didn't. Um, worst case scenario, Zebo is charged with a felony and. He's not able to play in the league and his contract's voided and all that. He's mm -hmm. uh, no longer part of the NBA. Um, I don't think that changes what he did in a Grizzlies uniform at all. Um, it's it's off the court. I don't think uh, I don't think the two uh, affect each other. I I would agree with that. 
I think a lot of people here, <laughs> I've seen more people just making jokes about it than anything else. Right. Um, it, it, it's fun to go through just to type in Zach Randolph into Twitter and just look at all tweets. Not in, and and not just look at the top tweets, just look at all and see what some of the people are saying. I, you've seen a few people here. They're like, "Oh, it's a shame of someone of his stature to be involved in such horrible things," but most people are like, "Like, man, Zach Randolph was balling." Like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, did you read the article that was in the that uh, Jeff Hawkins did in the Commercial Appeal today about it? Oh, no, I did not. not. (laughs) He broke down how much weed uh, Zach had and what that exactly equates to. Um, (laughs) He he had 2,000 or uh, two pounds of weed in this in this backpack. Now, a lot of this is just speculative because TMZ reported that part of it. uh, But uh, the L.A. police doesn't usually come out and say that kind of stuff. It was like TMZ did some digging and they found that. Um. But what, what what's reported is he had two pounds of weed on him. Two pounds of weed equals about 2,000 joints. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> Zebo's a big boy. <laughs> He's a very large man, and I'm sure his appetites are beyond what we can even comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to speculate too much on whether, you know, whether he's selling the stuff or he's smoking the stuff. I... I personally don't care. If he wants to do whatever he wants to do, he's a multimillionaire. He can do whatever he wants. I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me. Um, mm-hmm. If it starts affecting what happens to other people, that's when I would be concerned about it. But this is his life. If he wants to sell drugs, if he wants to do drugs, whatever. As long as he's not hurting somebody else in the process, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> the real issue, one of the real issues I wanted to get to with you, Memphis in the USL. Um, you're obviously probably the biggest soccer fan that I'm, I'm friends with. What, what do you think about this? Oh, I'm super excited. Super excited. Um, it's, I I guess, I guess we've gotten spoiled as Memphis sports fans. We (laughs) we've had, uh, all the major sports available to us here. Um, if not necessarily the NFL, even though we did have that for a couple of years, (laughs) Uh, but at least in my lifetime, soccer has been kind of hard to come by, uh, beyond the youth level. Um, now MCFC started up recently and that that's been a really good experience and that's mm-hmm. fantastic to have, but surely having a team that's another couple divisions up and thus that much more competent, yes. um, will be even more fun. I, th- I think the thing for me is that and I mentioned this when I talked with uh, Clayton earlier today that it's you get you, not only are you in the USL which has all these it's that you get the uh, the technically the junior teams for some of the MLS teams like Portland and LA Galaxy has a team in there and you also get uh, like one of the teams has uh, that Memphis's uh, sportscaster Jarvis Greer his son plays for Phoenix Didier Drogba plays for Phoenix. Um, like, (laughs) I mean, and so you've got that prospect. And then on top of that, you get in, you're in the USL, you're in the U S open cup. And that brings all kinds of possibilities. You could have NYCFC or the Chicago fire or LA or Portland or any of these MLS clubs coming to Memphis to play at AutoZone park. That's, that's a fantastic point. Um, growing up, watching European soccer thinking I'd never have the chance to see these people in person. First, the Renaissance of the MSL then the off season tours. And now yeah, there's a possibility where I could see uh, Frank Lampard or somebody playing in AutoZone park. <laughs> it seems ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's, it's fantastic. It's um, I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the show too that I, I reached out to uh, I, I showed you already, but I I, I sent out a uh, an email to somebody that works in the front office at uh, at the Memphis Redbirds, and I got back that one sentence response, uh, which was the best. <laughs> I think I I laughed for like ten minutes straight. It was just I could not believe how just like it was such a non-answer, but it wasn't even like a. We have no comment. 
it was literally like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> they might as well just say, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what USL? What's that? Um, <laughs> I just hope they come off the gag order soon. It, from, from all indications, everybody that has knowledge of the situation, you know, Jeff Hawkins had, had his thing about it today where they, they basically said nothing, but they said something. Um, mm-hmm. They know they, they've admitted that they know that the stories are out there, but they won't say that they're true or not true, which to me is a yes. I take that as a yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago we were hearing about uh, the Redbirds being in a position where they just weren't selling enough tickets anymore. Yeah, it makes such total sense for the Redbirds ownership group to go and find a way to have more events in their venue. Um, so it just, it makes so much sense. It, it feels like it's gotta be true. The, the other thing I'd like to bring up about this is that this prospective Memphis USL team will be playing in a league, uh, that has teams in Nashville and Birmingham. And, you know, it could be little rock. It could be new Orleans, anywhere else around. There's a chance we can have some real regional rivalries, uh, these are places we can easily road trip to. This is, yep. uh, and it just it just makes so much sense. It it's got to be true. I'm trying to find the story again here. I had had the story pulled up of uh, exactly like some of this stuff. There's just been so much stuff I've been looking up talking about this that oh here it is mm-hmm. I found it. Um, a lot of the, the the folks from Rogue Squadron have been really kind of taking the lead on this and. Uh, doing some different stories on it here. Um, this one is done by uh, by Smitty that everybody's probably seen. If you're familiar at all with MCFC, you know Smitty. He's the guy in the uh, mm-hmm. the Star Wars helmet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Smitty. He's he's amazing. Um, anyway, um, this this article cites Jeff Hawkins. It cites a lot, a lot of the other stuff. Uh, let me see where it's at. We've got Louisville, Cincinnati. Uh, Nashville, Birmingham, St. Louis, um, all teams that could potentially be rivals for it. I mean, uh, maybe I, before your time, but that sounds like the old Metro conference to me. Yeah. That's what, that's something I saw on Twitter earlier today. Somebody liking it to that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be absolutely fantastic. It's all close distances, which a lot of these smaller leagues are really, really into because <laughs> these teams don't have a lot of money. So the travel is a big, a big, big, big problem. Um, I think it would be fun. Yeah, you know they're going to play in AutoZone Park, obviously. For now, do you think, like, being somebody that's that's lived here a long time? I've only been here six years. Do you think the city could support a soccer-specific stadium? Um, I really do. You, I mean, you can look at uh, the success of the Micro Soccer Complex out near Collierville. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really huge youth soccer, um, organization, I guess you would say, uh, yeah. or at least participation, um, around here. So I, I think that that huge group of fans is there ready to be tapped. AutoZone's always pride itself on being a family friendly, uh, kind of venue. Sure. And I don't know how many thousand. Yeah, I, I think there definitely is uh, the potential to grow a pretty large fan base for this. The um, the youth uh, organizations and participation in Shelby County is really high. Um, there are essentially AAU teams that still have uh, high school and possibly even college-age kids involved. Um on top of that, you have crazies like the Rogue Squadron and um, all the folks that have been watching uh, European soccer for years. And, sure. Um, where uh, possibly the MCFC wasn't quite able to attract them, something in AutoZone Park has that kind of air of credibility that I think will draw more casuals out. Awesome. Yep. I I could not agree more with you. That's kind of where I've been on it. I think there's there's a decent enough fan base here that 
will support it as long as you as long as if they're not going to play in AutoZone Park, the stadium is still kind of. I know, I know. I, the whole thing is like centrally located, and downtown is not necessarily centrally located, mm-hmm. but it's an easier place to get to than a lot of other places for some people. Well, so, you saw at the advent of the Redbirds that AutoZone Park was the hit place to be, and they set all sorts of attendance records yep. for minor league baseball. Um, and I really, really believe you could see something similar with uh, minor league soccer team. And, and I hate I hate to not have the the username for this the person that said this on Reddit, but I saw it on Reddit that somebody was like, "Hey, there's this whole area just south of the Forum and it's actually called the South Forum area downtown there. It's mm-hmm. I believe it's Vance, GE Patterson, 3rd and 4th. There's this whole block there where there's there's stuff there, but there's not a lot of stuff there. That's mm-hmm. a big enough of a block that you could do like a 5,000 seat stadium. And you're still right downtown. You've got all the parking that's from the forum that people can utilize. If they were going to deal with the Grizzlies, they could maybe park at the forum. Like, who knows? But you've got all that parking in the area, and it's not a completely dilapidated area or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be be great. I think I'm just... Oh, I love... Yeah, I love the idea of a soccer-specific stadium. I, I just feel like... That's not something that's going to happen until the team becomes a success in AutoZone Park. Exactly. And AutoZone Park is no longer sufficient to those needs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I imagine at some point, if you're playing a lot of games, a lot of games which like U.S. Open Cup and regular season USL games and who knows what else, you could get to a point where it's like, well, you know, the Redbirds need to be able to have games in the stadium too and – now, like you guys are doing all this stuff, like what are we gonna do here? <laughs> like, we can't have the Redbirds go playing on these like thirty-five game like road trips or something, so you so that you guys can use the stadium on the weekends. Like, <laughs> hey, it doesn't hurt the Spurs to take the rodeo road trip. Oh, so, yeah. If the Redbirds got to get out of the way for the soccer team, then. So be it. <laughs> I'm glad you said Spurs because that we can get into the other part of the discussion I wanted to have with you. I don't want to get too heavy into this because I know there's not a ton of people. There's a lot of people, but there's maybe not a lot of people listening to this that are that are Premier League fans like we are and like uh, the last guy I talked to, Clayton, is. Uh, now, me and Clayton are both Spurs fans. You are a Liverpool fan. Absolutely. Uh, so... Just get that out of the way before we start talking about what we think is going to happen with the season. So, <laughs> so nobody thinks that like, man, they sure do think that that Spurs is going to be great this year. Now, like I'm a Spurs fan, Spurs supporter, 100. percent Matt is a 100 percent Liverpool supporter. So, just disclaimer, get that out there. Um, so, I guess the, the easiest way to do this, just so we're not going too long winded into it, um, let's just do top four. I've got a few, I've got basically one through seven kind of plotted out just because mm-hmm. it kind of well, evolves into one my through story. seven or head and shoulders above the rest. Basically, yeah. At least we're assuming Everton's going to make up that group of seven. It yeah. could all fall apart spectacularly, <laughs> or it could be brilliant. Uh, we shall have to find out. So I'll let you go ahead and go first. Uh, if you want to count down, maybe I guess like seven to one. And go that way, and uh, you don't have to go too crazy into like what you think about each team. We just just for time's sake, we can just kind of uh, kind of just go down the list. If you've got something to add for any of that, go right on ahead. Sure. Um, well, seven through one. Um, I think if you have any idea what the top four is going to be, you're going to have a pretty good idea what those seven are going to be. Um, for me. Too many questions about Everton. Uh, they're going to be in seventh. Uh, this uh, this is where it gets tricky. Um, how bad is Chelsea going to be? They end up in sixth. I think they're going to end up in sixth. I agree one hundred percent. Then top five. This is where it gets fun. Um, I think London's going to have a really tough year. Really, really tough year. Um, so the next two are going to be Arsenal, and they're going to be Tottenham. Um, I'm sure you're not happy about that. We're going to have St. Totteringham's Day again this year? I'm afraid so. Oh. I, just, 
I just don't think either of you, um, Arsenal included there, uh, have done enough or done anything really. I mean, like I said, it's nice for Arsenal, but yeah, I, I'm not sure that's that huge of an upgrade from Giroud. Um, and then uh, I think it's I think it's Liverpool getting in uh, getting in at number four. Um, it would be nice to challenge for the league, but there's still too many questions. We seem pretty prepared to spend as soon as someone will sell us a defender and a midfielder. So I'm not too concerned with us getting some mm-hmm. backup uh, before the season goes too far. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I guess it is uh, <laughs> back to um, the uh, La Liga seasons of Real Madrid and Barcelona. <laughs> Guardiola and uh, Mourinho. Um, I think City is going to win uh, simply because yeah. Manchester United has just felt too defensive to me. Um, it, it seems too cautious, the typical kind of Jose Mourinho park the bus kind of thing. <laughs> um, the The attacking players that he has I, I think you got to. I think you got to play way more up tempo. Um, I think when you watched him play Real Madrid in that friendly, you saw him do a lot better when they were running hard at him, as opposed to trying to sit back and pass. I, it's. I guess all this is based on them having Paul Pogba sitting way too far back. Sure, <laughs> blows my mind. I can't deal with it. Um, so I think City's got to win. Everton way outside. Um, in seventh. Arsenal in seventh. Arsenal, uh, terrible in sixth. <laughs> Tottenham, you've at least got Harry Kane in five. Uh, Chelsea, uh, they are, I think, going to struggle, but if they can't manage fourth, I'll be shocked. Um, Liverpool. I'm excited about this, but kind of bittersweet. Be nice to challenge for the league, but I think we're not quite in the same league with the Manchester teams yet. Um, and finally, it comes down to the Manchester teams. I United is just too defensive-minded under Mourinho. I I love Lukaku there. Um, I love Paul Pogba there. Uh, Rashford. Uh, any all this attacking talent they have and it feels like they're just going to draw too many times because they're being too cautious uh so i think city is going to manage to edge them out it doesn't give me any joy but i think that's how (laughs) it's going to be all right here's what we're kind of similar in some ways kind of not we both have man city winning the league i will say Mm -hmm. that um and see it was the whole tottenham thing that threw you off you, we sat there and went through the list, and, and we, we went, wait a minute, well, who are we missing? You tried to discount Tottenham, and this you see, well, see what it you have in. no home anymore. <laughs> wandering around, barely a team at this I, point. I'm going to get into that in a minute. All right, so <laughs> here's here's how my 7 through 1 rank down kind of compared to yours. I have Arsenal in 7th, and I think Arsene's going to lose his job this year. I think they're going to – I know they, they re-upped everything and whatever. He's going to get fired. I um, thought it was going to last forever. Maybe right. <laughs> I think this is it for him. Like, is that thing is not going to push him over the top? It's going to. They're just going to be seventh. Chelsea in sixth. I think the fact that they didn't add anybody, really, and uh, they added some pieces here or there, but they didn't really add anything huge. I think that's what's going to get them in the end. And if they're playing all these mm-hmm. games, Champions League, and everything, it's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, the one spot that we're different. I've got Manchester United in fifth. Um, I worry that the Lukaku thing isn't going to be as big of a splash as they're hoping mm-hmm. and that he's just going to kind of like the, the hope I've heard from some people and a lot of the, the bigger pundits like your men and blazers of the world and other places have said, you know, he's going to be really good against all these, the, 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 the not so good teams. And that's where man United struggled last year. I don't think he's really going to, he's going to help, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. They're going to miss Wayne Rooney a lot more than they think. Um, and that gets me into my number four Everton. I think Rooney is going to be a, 
a beacon of hope for <laughs> for for Everton this year and get them into the top four and back into the Champions League. Um, right ahead of them, uh, my Tottenham Hotspurs to be Americanize it. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be third. <sighs> They've got plenty of talent. Um, the thing that worries me with them, like you said, they're not playing at home this year. They're going to have home games, but they're not home games. They're playing all the games in the campaign on the road this year. <sighs> I, I just, I, I think they still have plenty of talent, but I think Pochettino is going to focus more on the Premier League than he will on Champions League and anything else they've got going on so that they can still keep in the race for the title, but they're still going to fall up short. This is where the we. I already said Man City is number one. Liverpool is my other team. We both had all seven of the same teams in the top seven, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> but I have Liverpool in second. I think the thing that's going to keep them in up that high in the league is the fact that they don't have a super deep team, and at some point the heavy metal football is going to focus only on the Premier League and not on absolutely and not on the, because they're in the Europa League this year, correct? Oh, they are. They are in the Champions League. Oh, it is Champions League. That's right. It's Arsenal. That's in the, the uh, Euro (laughs) League. So sad for Arsenal. They're in the Euro League. (laughs) But yeah, we, we, I'm very happy. We both picked the same seven teams for both. Uh, Mm. Order's a little different, but we both think Man City's going to win the title this year, which means they're probably going to finish 10th. So, <laughs> do, do do you think I, I don't know what what your thought is on it? Do you think that if if he uh, if Man City doesn't win the championship, that Pep Guardiola is out of a job? I think both he and Mourinho are always going to be sitting on a hot seat. Yeah, um, I think if either of them falters a couple years in a row. Um, I think they're in serious trouble, and I think they both faltered last year. I mean, I so, I talked to a, short. I talked to a city supporter at work the other day. The poor guy was walking around in our store wearing a wearing a Man City shirt, and I stopped him. I said, "Hey, are they going to fire him if they if if he doesn't win the title this year?" And he says, "God, I hope not." <laughs> like, like a lot of the supporters seem to really like him. It's just a matter of whether the ownership will tolerate another non-championship season champions league is not enough (laughs) it's just so much money invested by that ownership uh they're going to want results uh, sooner rather than later and i want to i want to surprise you with one thing before we get out of here are you gonna are you gonna pay the money for the nbc sports gold thing that they're doing this year um i believe i am um I believe I am very soon. Uh, seems like it's going to be the only option for watching some of these games. This for, for anybody that's li- that's listening that doesn't isn't familiar with what we're talking about, NBC Sports is doing a. Essentially, they're making people pay to watch all the Premier League games after giving them to us for free for the last couple seasons. Yeah, um, it's really now, nice of them, by the way. Now, now I did notice that looking at some of the schedule going forward for a few weeks, the ones that have been announced where they're going to be airing. There are going to be some more games on like USA and on uh, CNBC. Um, so it's it's not like how it's been where you get the one game on NBC, one or two games on NBCSN, and then everything else was on Live Extra. It looks like some of the other games are going to be accessible on other NBC networks. So it's maybe only like four to six games a weekend will be part of that gold package that nobody can see unless they pay for it. So it, it it's going to balance out a little bit, but at the same time, it's still like there's going to be some teams. like I, Poor Brighton and Hove Albion is going to get on NBC this first weekend, and then they're going to go into the depths for the rest of the year, and nobody's ever going to see them again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough because our, simply our cable subscription used to take care of it. Uh, now we've got to yep. throw in that extra 50 bucks. Um, but I, I think it's a good thing. It shows, you know, further mainstream acceptance, uh, and want for soccer, uh, that they are both putting more on their regular broadcast channels and, uh, charging the rest of us to see the rest of them. Um, so I, I think both of those things denote a growing interest, 
Um, so that that can only be a good thing. I mean, it's a little less than forty games, so it works out to like a dollar twenty-five ish a game. Mm-hmm. Less than a pie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a dollar twenty-five game is not terrible. Plus, you get access to. I sound like I'm doing a commercial for it, but you get access to a bunch of like the Premier League download shows they do, and all the little documentaries that they've had on there and stuff. So, I mean, it's you get other stuff with it too, and I mean, it's not terrible. But I mean, it's still oh. it's still fifty bucks. I won't be doing it. Fifty bucks is a lot but, of money. <laughs> it's true, but. Might as well be an advertisement if you're going to keep up with what we're talking about on these looks at the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> you're probably going to need that subscription. Probably. So go check that out. <sighs> I imagine I can find the legal stream. To, I Wait, I didn't say that, did I? Um, <laughs> all right, so I think that's it for me and you this week. Um, what? Obviously, you're going to watch the Liverpool game this weekend. Anything else that, that's coming up this weekend that you think is going to be fun to watch? Soccer or um, anything? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm really interested to see how Huddersfield gets on. Uh, yeah. Favorites to be relegated by pretty much everybody, uh, but they're kind of Liverpool junior. Um, <laughs> and they have an American midfielder that's going to play a lot. Yep. Um, so hopefully uh, their exciting and innovative style will carry over in the Premier League. Probably won't. I don't think they're paying enough money. They uh, have one of the smallest budgets in the championship. Yeah. So and they had a negative I, goal differential last year too, and they still <laughs> innovate. See, innovative. you didn't you didn't think you could do that, and, and they innovated a way to do that. Um, so <laughs> we're going to spend uh, less money than everyone, and we're going to give up more goals than we score. And guess what? We're still going to get promoted. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Nobody thought it was possible. They're amazing. Um, and it wasn't It wasn't all that long ago that Leicester won the league. So, frankly, anything can happen. If, as, long um, as, they so. take, as long as they take the money that they're getting out of this and reinvest it well, mm-hmm. I, 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 I could see them sticking around. But, yeah, that's that's tough. Like, <laughs> it would not surprise me one bit if, if them or Brighton and Hove is not like the uh, – I can't remember which team it was. There was a team – a number of years ago that won one game the whole season. I think, and I think they got, they won one game and they drew like 10 or 12 of them. And then all the rest were losses. And (sighs) the game is about money and Huddersfield simply does not have enough of it to keep up. So all they can do is, is really hope for the best or really be, um, really be the best. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how that translates, but that's, that's kind of the, the fun of the beginning of the season. There's, there's all these things that possibly could happen. So that's, that's what's going to be the fun thing to watch this weekend is how it all kicks off. We've got seven and a half. No, no, it's eight and a half months, basically of soccer ahead of us. (sighs) I love it. (laughs) This makes me so happy, Matt. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch back up here soon. Uh, and hopefully uh, we'll have uh, good things to report from the world of soccer the next time we talk. Yes, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. So big thanks to Matt and Clayton for coming on the show today. Uh, got in a lot of good information about Memphis and the USL, some Grizzly stuff, some Premier League stuff, uh, lots of fun. Uh, we've got another show coming up next week, next Friday. Could do a little bit of WWE talk. SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver next weekend. Just maybe some wrestling in general. Um, Getting a guest lined up right now. I can't say for sure yet. We're still working everything out. But we're going to have a really great guest next week to talk all things WWE. So, uh, again, thanks to Matt. Thanks to Clayton. Thanks to all you for listening, downloading, streaming, whatever you're doing to check out the show. Thank you. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, at Greg Ratliff. I'm on Facebook, at From the Penalty Box. Uh, page is kind of there, <laughs> but it's not really, uh, it's kind of a placeholder at the moment. Big things coming up, I promise. Um, but reach out to me on Twitter, at Greg Ratliff, and uh, we'll talk again soon. So uh, have a good weekend and a good week. We'll see you soon.
The New York Times, Rolling Stone, and critics everywhere are all raving about Annihilation. It's not destroying. It's making something new. It's a mind-blowing experience. And now it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Annihilation. Rated R. Now playing. The New York Times, Rolling Stone, and critics everywhere are all raving about Annihilation. It's not destroying. It's making something new. It's a mind-blowing experience. And now it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Annihilation. Rated R. Now playing.